Ja, ja, denk dan! Wit is drama. Wit is drama. Wit is drama. Building bridges. Come on, come on, You're good to go. Welcome to Building Bridges. I'm Sebi. I'm Jan. And I'm Dave. And this is a Eurovision podcast for the rest of us. So everyone, big shocker. Jan is running a bit late as usual. That is his life. So we apologize for him, but we're so glad that you're here with us today. Um, we're, we're so close. We're less than two weeks now from the, the big moment. It's crazy. day. When everything's on stage, it's 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 absolutely crazy. I can't believe uh, we're this close now. And of course, the three of us will be meeting somewhere to watch Eurovision and to do a few podcasts, maybe an interview. We'll see. Uh, but of course, nowhere is excitement building as much as it is in the UK uh, and online, right? And we'll talk more about that in a moment. Um, the trailer just came out uh, for Eurovision on BBC. I think things are really starting to ramp up now. Um, Sebi, what are you thinking going into these last two weeks? Uh, I still can't believe it's gone so quickly because it just feels like we just started, you know, the podcast talking about Turin and how that last year went. No, I, I think I'm, I'm hungover from the national final season because we we did all that and then we started the podcast. We did all the interviews after national final season ended and now here we are getting ready to pack our bags and uh, and the artists are, are, are on their way. So should we look at the news really quick? Yeah, of course. Five, Five four, four, three, three two, two, one. Take it away. Let's let's start with the biggest news, I think. Um, of course, the BBC unveiled today what the stage looks like. BBC Merseyside broadcast the special VIP tour that King Charles and his wife Camilla got of the of the venue, the MS Bank Arena in Liverpool. And of course, that culminated with the two of them officially flicking the switch and turning on all the lights and screens in the venue. And in doing so, we also got a sneak peek of the music that they're going to use this year, which was composed by Michael Nekrazov from Ukraine, of course. Teya and Selena have given a Eurovision farewell concert in Austria just before they left and packed their bags for Liverpool. The whole thing was streamed on ORF, and if you're interested, you can watch that online. Uh, a bit more serious now, in Ireland, their representatives, Wild Youth, announced on Twitter that they've cut ties with their creative director, Ian Bonham, following some screenshots getting circulated on social media where he made a few anti-trends remarks, so that's not good there. And yeah, so not much happening. Like a few spokespeople got announced, if, if that's news. Fotis Sergulopoulos for Greece, Chiara Duby for Switzerland. I don't know who these people are. And it looks like everyone's favorite Cypriot will be back giving the douze point for Cyprus. It's Lucas Hamatsos. Yay. So, yeah. So, Sebi, do you want to – yeah, I know. It's, it's really exciting because he uh, he disappeared for a year and everyone was like, what happened to Lucas? But uh, it looks like he's back again. Yeah, we're really excited today to have Jan Bors with us on the podcast. He's actually our first guest that isn't an artist competing at this year's Eurovision. But uh, I really hope that fellow Eurovision geeks like us who are listening will uh, really appreciate what he has to say. Uh, I know he's a mega Euro fan himself, and he uh, had a really cool role. He was head of delegation for the Czech Republic for four years. 
so hopefully he'll explain a little bit of that and what that entails himself. Uh, because I mean, as far as Eurovision goes, unless you're singing on stage, I think HOD is pretty, pretty powerful. It's a pretty cool job to have. Um, and, and one that isn't often heard, I don't think, because I mean, I, off the top of my head, there's only so many, uh, HODs that I can list off. I don't know about you guys, but, uh, I don't think they get the recognition and the, and the, the screen time that they deserve sometimes. But uh, all that to say that Jan is still very, very active in the Eurovision community, especially on social media. Uh, he has a YouTube channel that he updates regularly with new videos. And uh, his interests kind of crossed with ours the other day. I was thinking that, uh, well, our Jan and Sebi and I should talk about the new voting rules that came in for Eurovision 2023. And that was around the time that other Jan, Jan Boers, published his video about the same topic. So I thought maybe he'd come on and chat with us, and we're so lucky that he's here. So uh, if you haven't heard about the new voting changes this year, we're going to spill all the tea, as the Brits say. So I hope you enjoy our conversation with the man with the best beard in Bohemia. It's Mr. Jan Bors. (laughs) Thanks for coming on. The greatest and longest introduction of myself ever, so thank you for it. (laughs) Really sums it up, all of it, so I'm I'm really grateful I can be here and, and chat with you guys. Perfect. Thank you so much. So before we talk about the voting um, specifically, could we talk a little bit about your ties to Eurovision? Because you were the head of delegation, as we said, from 2016 to 19, I think. And something really cool, the first year you were in charge, you qualified the Czech Republic for the first time to the Grand Final. Yeah. So that must have been really, 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 really cool. You even got to be on Melody Festival and give the votes. Like you, you did all kinds of things. So what, what was that? Yeah. So, so first of all, a disclaimer: if I'm too long, just cut me off and just you know shorten it, because I, I tend to be long about <laughs> it. This, this story cannot be really super shortened uh, because it's very weird. Because Czech Republic came back to Eurovision 2015 uh, edition in Vienna. I wasn't part of the team back then. I, I it was just part of our department of entertainment kind of it was a fusing at the time it's 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 a bit it's a bit it's a bit weird story but anyway uh that was basically the first time i heard about eurovision more than eurovision exists and uh have all those stereotypes around it you know i just felt like okay i have some colleagues who are doing eurovision how they're doing what is it and then they shared the experience about it, how is huge, how you, how huge it is, and how great it is, and of course they didn't succeed, and I was kind of lucky that I was asked to do it the next time in 2016 or for 2016. Of course, we started in 2015 already, and we changed a lot. And the reason why was that uh, I didn't really believe in Czech artists. I didn't really believe in, especially Czech producers and the whole environment so that was the very first time we started to work with international uh, producers just for the sake of okay guys uh, from czech republic uh I, we think you're not good enough for such competition because we want to succeed there we want to get to the finals because we were losers back then only losers and i don't really like this so we tried to create a competition for those guys from czech republic and we we ask anybody else uh to send the songs we didn't have experience with this we didn't know anything about it but it clicked uh with those great swedish guys and they created this song of course they sent it for the international selection there for the internal selection there was more songs than just them but we liked this the most we had a deal with them uh, we find the artist for it and we start to work with it and uh, we came up 
okay, last or almost last in the finals, but uh, we made it to the finals for the very first time. And uh, must say, you guys, that it was one of the best times of my life because I, w I will never forget it because you can't remember, you can't really imagine the, the tension we have. No one really trusted us, trusted us even in our own company. We were like, okay, just go there. Yeah, your dreams about, like nobody cares about, about this. You know, you won't do it anyway. So we did it. Uh, we show it's possible. And that, of course, opened many, many doors for us uh, in the future. And the story continued. And you know how it continued right now. It's a very successful story, actually. Yeah, I'll never forget the 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 camera panning in and zooming in on you guys in the, in the green room when they when I think it was Petra read out Czech Republic. And that was one jumping. of the greatest moments I think in yeah. Eurovision history. Seeing that, I think for any Eurovision fan, it was pretty much you know because once you get there to when you want somebody to succeed, you know, and and it was so well. Yeah, thank you. Like for for me, I still remember the moment I. How I was like yeah, into the camera, you know, it was like it was an explosion of emotion, but not just for me, it was the whole team because we, you know, like when no one trusts you and you have a great team, everybody is more connected to each other. It's more shared victory, actually. And it was an explosion in the green room, like for us at the, at the very moment, nothing else exists, nothing else around, just this passion, this victory uh this greatest moment and uh you know it's still under my skin when you when i'm saying it i i i'm emotional so that that's awesome no i was gonna i was gonna ask as well like how how somebody becomes a head of delegation but it kind of sounds like it just kind of fell in your lap <laughs> like are there certain like do you need certain qualifications certain degrees certain education or or you just be in the right place I, mean, the I think right the last thing you said it's, it's the is the right thing uh, to have but it's i think it's in general in this business of uh, tv industry entertainment to be at the right time in the right place because i think a lot of people can do it a lot of people have the capability to do it but you just need to be a bit lucky and i was lucky i was lucky that i i spoke English, but not, not that good as I do right now, even it's, it's still not best, but anyway, but I did, no one around me did. And as well, I was kind of ambitious, but not in the way that I need to be, you know, the head of delegation or whatsoever. I didn't know what does it really mean actually, but the way I always wanted my, my, my shows, whenever I was participating at in any role. I wanted, wanted always to be the best on the market, the best, the victorious. I, I don't like to lose. So that was the spirit. Maybe that was the reason why I was asked to do it. But I more likely think it was because of the English skills. <laughs> Actually, I don't know. I, I think in every country it's a very different process. It's like old television. It's very complicated. And, and I was basically lucky. Follow Building Bridges on Instagram at building underline bridges underline podcast. So, it, and like you described the, the euphoria, to use a Eurovision word, of when you qualified. So it seems like a job where when things are going well, it's incredible and it's amazing. But I have the feeling as well, like when things aren't going well, it can be a very stressful job. Is that kind of an accurate mm. assessment? I'll tell you, like, what what's, what's the mo most stressful thing is when... Uh you are under the pressure of no one really trusts trusts it it can it can happen you believe it can happen but you're you're in this thing that even in this industry very oftenly is happening that n no one really wants you to succeed so this is the most pressure that you have uh, you have this 
responsibility over your shoulders. You have to do everything around it. You have to believe it. You have to motivate your artists. You have to motivate your team. You have to have a great vision, great ideas. You always have to be present. You never know if it's right what you're doing. And because, you know, the only only what really counts is when you go to the finals, actually. So so you never know if you're if you're doing the great job because you maybe think you're doing, but uh, you know the only only measurement of it it's the success. So you don't know, and there are so many other people who don't really want you to succeed, which creates the pressure on you because you want to show them that it's possible. You want to show it to yourself. You want to show it to your team, and then you want to prove that that uh, the way you chose is the right path. So so. It's very complicated. I wouldn't say that the pressure is unsuccessfulness because it's very hard to to measure. You always can find a point when you can say like it was kind of successful in some way. I, I will give you exa- my example. It was 2017 Eurovision when we didn't succeed. Back then, it was the second best best result we had at Eurovision actually. But for me personally, it was unsuccess. It was loss. It was it was arrogance actually which struck us down because we thought after the when, when we first headed to the finals that we know the recipe how to do it you know it, it, that was bullshit but it all of course started emotion in our heads and really started to create a philosophy around our eurovision participation how we are approaching it uh to be successful successful continuously that was actually the breaking point not the success in 2016 but the most important part of our eurovision story is 2017. And, and now you've come this whole way that even though you're no, no longer in charge, of course, but I mean, you look at this year, Vesna, like it's just expected. Of, of course, the Czech Republic will qualify. Yeah. So, but that's great, yeah. isn't it? It's completely changed of the story. It's absolutely changed. Like everybody expects this, which actually creates this actually creates the pressure on on uh, the new team or the new team which is there because everybody expects from them something. I still was there at the point where nobody really expects anything. And I think they are doing a great job, actually. And uh, they're motivating artists in Czech Republic like hell greatly. And each and single year after my departure, they found great music to their national selections, to who's representing. Okay, there was one exception, but that can really happen. But they didn't change the philosophy. I think the philosophy is right. And they're continuing doing this such great work. Whether they will be successful this year or not, whatever it means, I think they're doing a great job. So, so if they're going to keep continuing, the the future of Czech Republic at Eurovision is bright, is very bright. Yeah, I don't even think like very recent fans remember how poorly Czechia did back in the day. Yeah, that's but that's great. Yeah. I, I, I always try not to not to remember this as well. Yeah, you really changed how it's viewed. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, but it's not just me. It was the the whole team, you yeah. know. So shall we look at, uh, at why we're here? Look at uh, the, the voting. I don't know if it's a it's a scandal, but certainly they've they've I think tweaked some of the voting rules. And on first glance, um, I didn't think much of it. But then you go back and look at some of these new rules, and um, if you if you if you go a bit deeper, some of them are pretty interesting. So should we have a quick uh, rundown of what they are for some listeners that might not be aware of what the changes are? All right. So first of all, the, fir- the first kind of change is, of course, I think one that most people know about, that uh, the televotes will be 100% of the result for the semifinals. But for the grand final, the juries come back and we're used to our 50-50 split televotes and juries. 
Second, in the event that a country cannot deliver a televote results, an aggregated result, what they call an aggregated result calculated on the basis of countries with similar voting patterns will be used. And then if that fails, a backup jury would be used instead. Um, if a country's jury is disqualified, the televote points from that country would be doubled and used as a substitute in the final. And of course, the other big news is that uh, viewers from countries like Canada will be able to vote this year in the rest of the world vote, and their votes are going to just be equal to one country's televote. There won't be a rest of the world jury. But you have to own a credit card or a debit card to pay for the vote, so kind of opened up, but not really. And there's still some some questions around that, like what is rest of the world? Can Russia vote? Can every single country in the world vote really? So uh, I don't even know where to begin. What do you think, uh, what do you think, Jan? You did a whole video on it, but what stands out to you <laughs> the most from, from those new rules? Yeah, I did a video on my YouTube channel as well. I was uh, invited to the Czech podcast of for Eurovision and we talked about this topic as well. And uh, you want to say it's it's scandal. I wouldn't say it's scandal, but I think it's very controversial. And I think it's actually a very wrong decision uh, for many, many reasons. However great it sounds, it's uh, the people's choice or whatever. I think it's, it's creating two different contests out of one contest. Uh, it's... It's like I'm I'm using this parallel with football, but you can you can basically use any other sports. What 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 completely differs the amateur football from the professional one is that you have referees. That's the first thing. The second thing is that it's a balance. You know, it's a, it's a balanced choice, and also there is one thing which as well can be paralyzed parallel paralleled with football, and this is also the fact that when you, I don't know when you when you have a semi-final of World Cup, you have same rules as in the, are in the finals. You know, if you have a qualification for the World Cup, you have the same rules as you have in the final if, if, in on the World Cup. It doesn't change suddenly. And I'm okay with such rules if we got, don't call semifinals Eurovision semifinals because it's it's not a semifinal. It has different. It's a it's a different contest now, and I don't think it's for good because the balance worked. I received so many questions about like okay or or comments on my YouTube like okay, what's the problem? The juries were voting basically very similarly to the people, and I said like, but that's okay. Then, then who qualified was actually chosen very well. It works. So why to change something which works? Because some countries cheating on doing well. Okay, let's change the mechanism of how not how to how to control it better, or you know those things. But don't erase it. Like this is the simplest thing you can do. Okay, you do it, but you completely change the balance. Not for this year. I, I don't think it's it will affect this year because this year the, the contest is crazily good in, in, in music. However, it will look live, but music wise, if I just take with studio versions, it's awesome. I would say in general, it's, it's the biggest quality contest we all, we had ever probably in my opinion, but it will, it can really affect with the delay, the contest, which we are heading to in 2025, 26 or something like this. Because you won't even 
find out if this rule really affects this year. So how can you measure it? But it's a very crucial rule yeah. as well. Yeah, and I think that was one of your points in your video as well. Like, what if uh, broadcasters like um, have that in mind when selecting a song that it's only televoting in the semifinals, and then maybe go for something that is maybe lower quality but like stands out more and might get people to vote more. So like, um, yeah. Do you think your vision could but go then, back into like a two thousands era, like when we had you know two thousand eight is like maybe the best example where we had like. 50% yeah. joke acts pretty much dust in the turkey and some of these other yeah. performances. <laughs> it's, it's still scary it still scares me actually but and you know nothing you know the problem is and i think that's also being check having the perspective of how, how very very hard was to find artists for eurovision because of 2008 mm. and those 2000s era it still resonates in the in the in the republic it's still this is the brand's name still in Czech Republic. It really affected Eurovision hard. It was hard for us to find artists, producers, whoever, because they felt like, oh, we won't go there because we don't want to be in Turkish. You know, they don't understand it the way that it's, it's bullshit. It doesn't really make sense. And it's not, not, it's not happening anymore. But it took us, I don't know, seven years to completely change this, this behavior. Seven years. Hmm. And it's 20 years ago, yeah. almost, so, or 15 years, you know, so... So that, 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 that's the craziest thing. And I believe and how I know the environment, the TV industry and whatsoever, a lot of people are very cynical about this and they don't really think in such period of time. They don't really, they feel like they, everybody has always the recipe, every producer, even me included, we all have our recipes, but I don't like the cynical type. Okay, let's bring it to people. Let's kill the problem easily and leave the problems for the generation you know ahead of us because it's not my problem but i don't really think that's good for the contest which is rising which is which is great not not just because it's a huge okay that's a great bonus but it's a great it's a great environment for new artists for older artists but for good artists mm -hmm. to show their music whatever they are and i think that for the artists like i don't know uh like malavi for example mm -hmm. and such more artistry indie artists i would say it can be a problem for the future to to find their place there because they probably won't be backed by people yeah and i think that's that's wrong because the scale of artists we should we should we should be able to pick for and ask for should be completely unlimited and this brings limitation i think right and and on that same vein too you mentioned how um, in your video a bit like how now that there are essentially two contests and people are going to vote, uh, have all the power to choose who they want in the final, smaller countries um, and, and countries that have populations that aren't spread out across Europe as much, maybe they'll have a tougher time. So uh, mm -hmm. in we've seen the numbers drop. We're down to 37 countries this year. Now, I know part of that is the inflation and just hosting in the UK is more expensive. Uh, maybe mm -hmm. Macedonia, maybe Bulgaria might come back next year. Who knows? But there are other countries we know that the EBU would love to see come back, like Luxembourg and Monaco. So if we go down this path of the televote, do you see uh, the, the chances of these countries coming back increasing or decreasing? I have no actually idea if the, those things are connected because I can tell you the truth that the the people who are deciding this are really not connected to the rules of Eurovision mm -hmm. and this is other problem that we maybe as fans we feel like 
oh, the television is completely off about Eurovision. They know everything about it. No, the team knows, but it doesn't really mean that their director and the person who just signed the paper, like, okay, guys, you can go, you have the money, you can spend it on Eurovision, really knows about the project that much. And this is niche kind of, uh, but the niche which can really affect the team who's creating it and doing it the best possible way. So it, it's very complicated, the world of, tele, of TVs. I know we all know the niche, we all know the exact things, but don't really believe that the guys who are responsible for countries going to Eurovision really knows the rules exactly or knows about it too much as you do. They think how to do shows. They think they, they know how to create things. And that's as well can be deadly for Eurovision, you know, because if I, I'll, talk, I'll give you an example, okay? Uh, more acts like Croatia this year, which I believe, I feel it's a joke kind of, even maybe you don't, it doesn't matter, but let's say another, like universal joke act, whatever, will be top five. And your act, which it's objectively good, won't even go for the finals <laughs> just because it's not, it's not funny or something. You know, just feel, just, just, just feel me. And then the director of, or the responsible person who is responsible for the, for the pitching the idea, let's go to the Eurovision, not the team, will say, okay, I'll give you another year, but you will do the same as the universal country because that's the way how you get to the finals, and you have to do it. And then you have turkeys on the stage. Guys, yeah. that's that's yeah. really exactly. it can happen. I I can see it can happen. Maybe it won't, but now there is a uh, soil for it to to make it happen, make it easier to happen. Yeah. And I believe that that it will happen. Don't forget to leave a review if you like this episode. Uh, the thing that after like this year let's say according to all the attention let's say the czech republic or czechia is getting do you think that that could influence the czech artists to have this sort of new perspective over eurovision for the you know upcoming editions and using it as a platform to you know introduce themselves to the world but as you said like in the past um you you, you yourself you had issues yeah. finding the artist who is willing to go to the biggest music platform yeah. in Europe. It already, already does because no one is blind to the results we had, but not the results if you're fifth, sixth, 15, last, it doesn't matter. Uh, what really counts as well for the team, for the music producer is the, are the numbers. And they can easily say that every single Eurovision song, if I count since Mikolas Josef, 2018, 2019 and whichever other song was the most streamed song in Czech Republic that year. No, no exception. So, so they, of course they already know, they already know this is the platform and th that changed. Uh, there was a great story in 2018 actually, or it was, uh, it was 2019. It was in Israel with Lake Malawi. We were in the pre-party in Israel with them as well is there a calling and I got a call from the manager of the band, which told me like, fuck off. Jan. We went, we will never go to Eurovision. Like, don't even ask us year before and the year after he, he called me like, Hey, we have three songs. Can we send them? 
So that was the moment when I said like, yeah, we do the right thing. That that was actually, that was the moment when I said like, yeah, and as well, we can say no. And that's very powerful instrument because then you can really say like, send the best you have. Don't calculate, send the best you have. Send yourself what you want to be presented in the future as well. And our philosophy was to, we want, we don't want Eurovision songs to be sent to us. Just do your music and just send us the best song you have, because that's, that's going to be you after all, who's going to represent yourself, your future you, who wants to be successful in the music industry. So why to send something which is created for Eurovision if, if you're doing completely different music? That doesn't make sense. And that as well changed because we stick to this philosophy. It's still we do. And those people, who, everybody who's joining Eurovision right now from Czech Republic wants to be successful, want to be present somewhere. Even it's maybe small success in the scale of Europe, but it's a huge success for them in the scale of numbers in Czech Republic. That's the big trap every year, I think, too. The, the songs that are made for Eurovision often tend to, to flop because you, you smell them a mile away, and there are a few this year. Yeah, but what is ones... it right now? You know, like, I think this changed as well. Like, you know, in 2016, I think we sent very Eurovision song, but such don't exist anymore. I think Eurovision song nowadays is Unicorn. It's, it's Fuego. It's, you know, this kind of music. This is Eurovision song nowadays. And it's 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 not a harsh word anymore, I would say, as well. No, and I can really see that change that you mentioned in Austria as well. Like, we also didn't participate for a few years in the 2000s because it had such a joke image, you know? And then, like, it took a while for Eurovision also to fix that image. And, like, I can really see your point, like, that it could go back to that joke image eventually if it goes on like that with no juries in the semifinal. Yeah, it's very delicate because for each country, for most countries, it's not, it's the point of getting to, to the finals the most. This is the victory. Yeah. It's not yeah. the placing in the finals. It's for some countries who are that year very ambitious. There, we have some countries in, in non-Big Five countries which are always ambitious like Sweden because their mentality is completely different and that's great, that's adorable yeah. because they want to win every single year. But imagine it, the whole television, the whole country wants to win Eurovision. They just, they just don't want to go to Eurovision. They want to win it. Yeah. In Czech Republic, we are like, please, can we go to the next Eurovision? <laughs> and people are saying, like, yeah. why are we participating in this Turkey show? You know, because they, don't, they still don't know it. it's not anymore happening. <laughs> so it's, it's different. Comp so so you, you must imagine how, how huge victory is to get to the finals. If we are going be, to be fifth, it's great. Awesome. It's the best results, like this is awesome and everybody from the producer side wants it. But in general, the victory, the main victory is to head to the finals. And if you don't have, if you don't do the, if you don't go to the finals, you're screwed, you're a loser. So yeah. there's, it does, you know, this is the most important part and you screw the most important part just to be like, oh, we're, we're doing it for people. No, you don't. Because if you're losers, we want to go to another Eurovision. Yeah. So can we can we agree that it, it's because of the cheating that happened last year that we have these new rules? Because when we had what was it, Azerbaijan, Georgia, San Marino, Montenegro, Poland, and Romania, right? That cheated last year. Yeah, so, they they were accused of cheating, actually. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. But we never, we, and that's the thing, we never really saw a whole lot of proof, did we? It was just kind of Martin Risterdahl put out the, the statement and, and said they were what, in, in cahoot, I guess, that they, they decided they were going to fix each other's uh, votes that would be higher. They tampered with the votes. So this is the reaction, like, like Jan said earlier. But what stops the exact same thing from happening again this year in the final? Is, How can you any... stop it in the semifinal? Yeah. That's my, that's if, my if, question. If, so if, if it's going to happen in the semifinal, it can happen in the final or vice versa. So their their reaction instead of fixing the problem was to d- change the system. Well, but but you still, you, you, but, sorry, but I'll give you a different perspective. Uh, for the countries who wants to cheat, it's now easier to cheat. Hmm. Because we never know how many how many actually SMS are sent from each country. It can be thousands. It can be tens of thousands, but it can be as well hundreds. And if you just buy... If you just you know buy buy those SMS, which some countries can really easily do, you will never track it. So it's much easier to cheat as well, uh, in my opinion. As well as I remember when Czech Republic was accused internally by EBU that we cheated with uh, it was 2019 as well with Slovenia together, which was completely shot out of blank. And the reason was that we were living in the same hotel and we we gave each other lots of points, but. You know, <laughs> I I don't talk to my jury, so I I don't I don't care. That was coincidence. They just sent a great song. That was basically it, and we sent a great song for juries as well. And maybe that can as well happen. I don't know. I you know I think such things as well such things which affect a lot and they are presented in the finals should be solved and should be really talked out, even if uh, however it ends. It's, it should be transparent, in my opinion, because now I can speculate. Why have they done it? It was ineffective. It was hard to have juries. Uh, do we really need them? Of course, it worked. So why to change it? Change the rule about juries. Don't kill the juries out. That's that's the thing, because now you, like especially countries who can afford it and really want to desperately go to the finals, they can just pay SMS. It's much easier now. Oh my, that's that's depressing. <laughs> yeah, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. You know, maybe I'm just depressing yeah. as well, and uh, and everything <laughs> and all the decision is great and awesome, and we will all clap and say like, "Oh, we were all wrong." Like now, kill ourselves because we're skeptical. No, uh, I would be glad if this is actually happening. So, what do we what do we think of the the world vote? I mean, it's it's a step towards inclusivity, I guess, without. Uh, you know, bringing the USA over to compete or adding other countries from, you know, the, the next Australia or whatever that's outside of Europe. Um, and in the final, it will it'll, it will mean that the televote will have, I don't know, 50.5% of the vote instead of 50-50 exactly. Is that a good step? You know, the thing is that there are 37 countries who are paying for being at the contest as well, having the, having the uh, how's it called, right to, to vote. Hmm. Also, now you invite another, whatever countries, we don't know what countries it will be. And we as well don't know what the majority of the country will be. So maybe it can be the countries which are, I don't know, let's say from Balkan countries. Who they're going to vote? Oh God. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's very predictable. So, so uh, I don't know. What does it mean? I'm, I'm a fan of having all the people invited to vote. I don't care. So then... Why do we have country votes? I don't know. Like, yeah. like 
I don't like. I'm not very sure about this. I, I kind of like it on the way that we integrate people who can't vote and affect Eurovision. On the other hand, from a producer's country's perspective, it's like, why? And there's <laughs> another there's another another perspective, and that's artist perspective. If this will invite to watch Eurovision for other eyes, for people who won't normally watch it, just because of the fact they can't affect it, and now they will because they want to affect it. The, for the artists, it's the victory because more eyes will see them, and that's great. So if we just apply only this perspective, it's good. Yeah. But again, like we found out, it's not going to be every country included, and we don't know which countries are going to be able to vote in the rest of the world eventually. And it's like, to me personally, I think it seems a little bit fishy. Like what's the reason behind it? Like, I'm just confused over it. It, it could be helpful if, if they became very transparent and said like, this is, you know, here, here, here's the points from the rest of the world, but like, this is where all the votes came from. So then like Jan was saying, like if, if an artist is trying to uh, make it big overseas or in other countries, if they saw, Oh, look, I got uh, 20,000 votes from New Zealand. Well, maybe they could, you know, do some promotion there or something. Yeah. But that just, would be just, great, yeah. just, such a breakdown. Just yeah, but just a random. You got twelve. You know, Czechia got twelve points this year from rest of the world. What what does that do? You're gonna go on tour everywhere? It doesn't <laughs> it doesn't help them as much? Well, and and of course, most of these people will be watching probably on YouTube because I, I mean I know I know the CBC in Canada won't show Eurovision this year, and I doubt most international broadcasters won't be showing it either. So anybody watching from around the world will watch it uh, there. Is is that? helpful for for the brand is that helpful for the ebu do they want more people tuning in on youtube of course you always want more people anywhere any platform i think that's great it's great that that you know i always believe you know now, now i'm now i'm in slovakia i'm doing project here uh, eurovision is not happening in here and uh, i was i was talking to one of the artists here last year even maybe this year as well and uh, he asked about eurovision i said like okay check Czech Eurovision is basically for Czech artists or main, mainly Czech artists. And it makes completely sense because we want to support our music scene. It would be great to support as well Slovakian scene, but you have Slovakian broadcaster to do it for you, to help you out. And you have to talk to those people. You have to take all your colleagues from the, from the environment of, of, of music creation in Slovakia and just, I don't create some movement and just talk to them and just push your television to give you the possibility, the right to show your music to the world. You have to do it from the scratch. So more people is watching, even in New Zealand, maybe you're creating new artists. Maybe you're, you're, you're showing something positive to people who won't ever see it. And this can snowball, you know, this effect. And maybe that can happen that in 10 years, we have New Zealand in the contest and I would be glad, you know, because it's great to always invite new country, actually, whenever it's from, it doesn't matter it's from Europe. I don't care. I want to know New Zealand artists, you know, so that's basically it. So most more, more eyes will watch it. More powerful Eurovision will become, I, I think. Yeah, I, th I think we've, we've covered most of the points now. I can't think of anything else that's, uh, <laughs> Like he says, it's not a scandal, but it's just, it's just, it's so interesting. Um, I, I actually took, uh, I was very nerdy yesterday and took all the votes from last year and put them in a big Excel file. Yesterday. 
and uh, uh, yeah, and applied these new rules to them. So like all those juries that got disqualified last year, they would have had televote come in. And the results actually changed. We had a change in the top three. Sam would have dropped to third and Chanel would have gotten second place. So maybe this year we would have been in Madrid or Barcelona or Malaga somewhere instead of going to Liverpool. <laughs> so it, I, I think the vote, I mean, it was a strange year. We had six juries disqualified. and I'm not saying that's going to happen this year, but uh, even, even one jury. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's uh, it's certainly worth taking note of, and and I think the key word, like you said, is transparency. I I, I think the EBU could be a bit more transparent with with some of this mm-hmm. and let us know where the votes are coming from and how they're calculated. Um, like even these groups, these aggregates. What are the aggregates? Are they the pots from the allocation draws, or do they choose another group uh, of countries for these aggregate votes? Like that's mm-hmm. not even clear. So that would be nice yeah. to know. Yeah, I think I was I was at some and at some uh, how's it called actually when you're when you're how's it called when you're like in front of many many people and some one one person will just explaining you all the other symposium that how's it called at a lecture presentation no, presentation kind of presentation yeah. but bigger I don't know how I can't remember how it's called right now. But it doesn't matter. But there was some some person who was explaining all those things. It's very complicated. It's very. I think the the basic person, even me, you just say like, yeah, 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 that makes sense. But you have no clue actually what's happening because it's complicated. It's a mathematical formula, which probably is it's it's greatly chosen. It may, it probably makes some sense. So I, I wouldn't really accuse anyone of like it's. Another kind of cheating. It's not. It's 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 a measurement calculated by very very smart people to to make it happen very very clear. But it's something which you cannot cannot just explain. I think. Yeah. Fair enough. So uh, so Jan, how can people find find you online and find your your videos? Oh well, <laughs> it's very easy. As, as, like first of all, you you've mentioned that I'm regularly putting content on my YouTube channel, which I would really lo- love to do it, but I just I'm just super busy and I just can't do it regularly as I really would like to. So pretty sorry for anyone who expects a lot of videos from me. It probably won't happen this year. I just can't. Even I really would like to. It's it, it wouldn't be fair to to send something. I'm not really sure. Of sending to to YouTube channel. Anyway, there are plenty of videos this year as well. Anyway, and they can find me with my name, Jan Bors. It's very easy. Yeah, <laughs> simple as that. Perfect. Simple. Yep. Don't forget to leave a review if you like this episode. So before we go, uh, Jan, maybe you'll stay for one more second. We usually end the podcast with a quick little game. Mm-hmm. So it's basically a guess guess the Eurovision song game. Oh shit! So- <laughs> <laughs> Sebi, Sebi, Jan, and I have a little you know competition going for points. So we'll we'll see if you can beat them. There is a Jan Bors connection, however. Anyway, so for for three points, the first clue is the hardest clue. So this song won the jury vote in its national final, and came third in the televote. Then went on to open semi-final one at Eurovision, where it ironically was also third with the juries. Oh my god. 
Czech Republic never Silence. got in the semifinal, did they? No. No, no, no. No. That would be too easy. What is the connection to Jan, though, that he's heard the song before? <laughs> or what? You've, uh, I can guarantee <laughs> the three of you have heard this song before, definitely. Wow. Okay. okay. All right. Second clue for two points. So the year this song competed, the country's commentators included a former Eurovision winner and a Eurovision script writer. Of the country. Yeah. Whose entry we're looking for. Whose entry you're looking for. Yeah. What the hell is the one point question? This is so hard. One <laughs> question harder than the three point question. The same question where Really? Yeah. That was hard. That should be easier because it's it's, uh, it's currently being discussed. Anyway, the one point uh, easy, easy one, hopefully. Uh, a lyric in the song had to be changed from fucking to freaking for Eurovision audiences. Oh, is it Robin Bengtsson? Sweden 2017. Ah. I knew it's about it it's about Sweden. Oh my goodness. Like I've heard once you said it, you know, it's connected to this year's team. Perfect. And okay. of course, uh, that song was given a whopping four points from the Czech jury at Melody Festival in that year, even though it went on to win. And of course, who was the spokesperson? Mr. Yamas. Yeah. <laughs> but honestly, I can say it right, 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 louder right now that I was voting for completely different songs than the rest of the of the juries, and I was like, when 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 we we all calculated all the points from all the juries, I was like, what? <laughs> and this is all. So this is how it works with juries. Everybody has different opinions, but then all those points are are you know count count and uh, the best wins, and it can be very. Very surpriseful for even the juries themselves, which actually we found out this year in Norway as well that we were all the only ones who were voting for completely different songs. So, you know, yeah. being jury <laughs> and more juries, that's very transparent in the way that is hard to affect it, and you never know what's, what's going to be the outcome. Yeah, yeah you don't know. No, everybody like, has a different taste. Like, but do you remember who you voted for? I was I was heading my twelve points. My my personal best song was that year live from uh his guy Fjellgren, he's called he's called I would say. Henrik Fjellgren? Fjellgren. Such a song yeah, with some summy yeah. vibes in it, ballad. That was my favorite. That was my, my personal favorite, but, but uh, I was the only went. Do you remember who the twelve? Who you had to, who you had to give your twelve to? No, I don't. That was the check choice. She was great as well. Yeah, I actually was... adore her a bit, so that's yeah. that, that's fine. I'm quite okay when you, when you, when you, when you when you just played it. I'm okay with those twelve points. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a nice ending to this. Well, Jan, thank you so much, first of all, for agreeing to do this. Uh, it was a pleasure to have yeah, you thank here. Thank you for having me. Do you have like maybe something else you would like to tell our listeners, some final words? You already mentioned your socials. Yeah, just else? don't drink too much with Eurovision and enjoy your life. Uh, be kind to any other person and don't spread hate words. Just being a good person and uh, watch my YouTube channel. That's okay. It will help you. It will help yeah. you out. <laughs> yeah, some good analysis. Yeah, perfect. Thank you so much, Jan. It was a pleasure. 